I'd like to take your Bibles and for springboard, we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 to 17. That is Ephesians 5, 14 to 17. And if your Bible is like mine, page 1614. If not, you will find Ephesians. Verse 14. Wherefore he said, Awake, thou that sleepest, and rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that he walks circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is for your life. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for saving us. We give you thanks for sparing our lives up until this moment. We thank you for saving our lives, dear God, from sin and death and from what is going on in the world. Now, dear Lord, we ask your divine Holy Spirit, anointing and guidance upon each life, even to the saving of some lost soul. Oh, Father and God, please add to this message that which is necessary to make it complete and take away from my thoughts those things which are not necessary for this occasion. These mercies we ask for Christ, O oh Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Many years ago in the good old days, whenever that was, people knew how to get along with precious little. People lived within their means. They had no choice because there were no banks in Nevis and there were no ATM machines. A clock was a rare thing. A wristwatch was a luxury item. Therefore, if you had a wristwatch, you will be asked pretty often, what time is it? Well, there was one particular person who had a wristwatch. Either that she didn't know the time or the watch was not working. Because when you ask her, what time is it? She said, it is time to get your own timepiece. My wife knows all about that is true. I'm not making it up. Well, times were hard then. And people couldn't afford those things. But now these days, listen, people wearing a watch is just for style because they have their smartphone and all kind of devices to tell them the time. For real, we knew what time it was 
according to the moon and the sun, the position that they were in. We didn't have a clock. So therefore, we got up in the morning to, buy, to go to the milk the cow and um, go, to the, go to work in the farm. When you hear the cock crow, you know whether it was first cock, last cock, or third cock, you know. And some people even name first cock and thing. I'm serious. Well, I heard the cock crowing one morning and I look out at the sunny moon and boy, it was looking very clear. And so I had to go to milk the cow and I went out and milked the cow and boy, that morning, some strange thing happened up there in the mountain, way up in the hills. People passing by and doing all kind of things and we don't see anybody and somebody hit the cow and I don't see anybody and somebody kicked the dog and... When I got back home with the milk and I wake up my father because he was living one place. He was living with his new wife and I was living by myself. And um, seriously, when I drop off the milk, his milk, he said, boy, where are you coming from? I said, I went to milk. He said, boy, you know, this is still night. <laughs> the first man who used to go up to the mountain to milk. To the first man usually. When I met him, um, you know, coming from his house, he said, Eric, boy, where you coming from? What happened? I said, the moon fooled me. <laughs> I was up there in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, thinking that it was five o'clock. Well, you might be asking me what time it is. Well, thank you for asking. This past week, as I was reading the uh, book of Daniel, chapter 12. Although Daniel 12 in reference, is in reference to the tribulation period, it seems that it is happening this present moment. And you would think that we are already in the tribulation. We are not. In verses 1, 4, and 10 of the book of Daniel, which was read, I will not take the time to go through all these verses, but verses 1, 4, and 10, we see some things here very similar to what Daniel talked about. In verse 1, he talked about troubled times. In verse 4, he talked about busy times, brilliant times. And in verse 10, he talk about wicked times and blind times. Look at Daniel chapter uh, 12 and verse 1 and you'll understand what I'm saying. And you'll see exactly what I'm referring to. That is Daniel chapter 12 and listen in verse 1 what it says. And at that time shall Michael stand up and the great prince which standeth for the children of the, thy people and... There shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation upon the earth. Brethren, you see the troubled time that Daniel talked about? We are living in troubled times right now. And for the past two years, we have seen troubles such as we have never seen before. Imagine what's going on in Europe or in the Middle East. 
Almost one million people have been turned into refugees. And they say that this is going to be a human catastrophe such as was never seen before. Troubled times. Look at verse 4. Busy times. Verse 4 it says, But thou, Daniel, shut up the books, shut up the word, seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro. You see it? You see it there? Busy times. People are running from their own country into other people's country. And people are running from their country to go into another country to fight a war. I see here, many shall be running to and fro. And then again, brilliant times. Knowledge shall be increased. In the last 10 years, could you imagine how knowledge, you know, let me say, you know how time, knowledge has increased, right? And man has become so smart, too smart for his own good. <laughs> Brethren, what Daniel is saying here is related to the tribulation. The first half of the tribulation. And then he goes on and he says in verse 10. Skip to verse 10. You see here two things. Blind wicked times and blind times. Many shall be purified. Verse 10 of Daniel 12. And made white and tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly. Amen? Amen? No, not that you are encouraging it, but it's happening. And then notice, blind times. Verse 10. And none of the wicked shall understand. They will not understand what is going on. They are blind to what is going on. And then, not only wicked times, but blind times. The wicked are blind. It says, but while the wicked can't understand it, the wise shall understand. Amen. Amen. Who are the wise? It's talking about those who have been purified and made white like snow. We, the Christians, understand what is going on. And we can see that these are the end times, but some people can't see it. Now, in Luke chapter 21 and verse 28, Jesus spoke about the, Jesus speaking of the, uh, to his disciples along the same line. He said, when you see these things that Daniel spoke about, look up because your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. Amen. Say amen, no man. <laughs> what Daniel said and what Jesus confirmed is now coming to pass and we are not in the tribulation as yet and some people can't see it. Now in keeping with our topic, what time is it? 
What time is it? I'm glad you asked. Isaiah said, it's time to seek the Lord. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 55 verses 6 through 7. Everybody should know those verses from heart. But for the good of those of you who are new and you're looking for verses to memorize, this is one passage that you need to uh, memorize. And you do your, put, memorize the word. Put it in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, so that in times when you can't have your Bible, at least you know it. Here's a verse that you need to memorize very early and everybody should know by now. Isaiah 55, verse 6 and verse 7. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Now, verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Doesn't that give you the indication here that there may be a time when the Lord is not, will not be found? Seek ye the Lord while he may be found because there will come a time when you will not be able to find him. He said, you shall seek me and not find me. So do what you have to do now. It is time to seek the Lord. Then the other half says, call ye upon him while he is near. Because the time may come when he will not be near. When the Lord will be far from you. So you need to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Because there may be a time when you call and he will not be near you. And he says, let the wicked forsake his ways. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, for he will have mercy and abundantly pardon. So we see here, as the song just said, it is time to press on. It is time to seek the Lord. Amen. Amen. Number two. It is time to press on. Paul said, it is time to awake out of sleep. Ephesians 5 and 14, you need to memorize that. Romans 13 and 11, you need to memorize that also. It says, in Ephesians 5 and 14, that we just read. Awake, thou that sleepest. And arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Many have fallen asleep, not physically. Many Christians are asleep to what is going on. Many churches have fallen asleep. Some literally, physically, and spiritually. On Zoom, many have fallen asleep. Brethren, literally. And some churches are still asleep there on Zoom. Someone sent me a picture some time ago. Of a lady on Zoom. In a meeting. And she was in a bed and didn't realize that she didn't turn off the video. 
and she fell asleep, literally fell asleep during the Zoom meeting in her bed. And the thing on, I could imagine that there were people when we were on Zoom, I hope not. I hope not. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But it would be interesting to find out how many of you doing Zoom when you were not able to meet were in bed when you did not have the camera on, when you were smart and you didn't turn on the camera so no one would have seen you. But I hope that if you did that, you asked the Lord for forgiveness, really. But, um, you know, <laughs> listen, many churches are falling asleep. They're not even aware of what is going on. As a result, many Christians are asleep spiritually. Some people are ignorant to what is going on in the world and they think that it's one big joke. Brethren, this is the word of God being fulfilled. Not only Paul and Isaiah says that it's time to press on and it's time to wake out of sleep. It's time to seek the Lord. But Hosea also said, it is time to break up the follow ground and press on. You want to turn to Hosea chapter 10 verses 12 and 13. Hosea, Daniel, if you could find Daniel, you could find Hosea. Hosea, chapter 10. Listen to verses 12 and 13. Sorter yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. Amen. Amen. Till he come and rain righteousness upon you. He have plowed wickedness. He have reaped iniquity. He have eaten the fruit of lies. Because thou distrust in thy way, in the multitude of thy mighty men. It is time to break up the fallow ground. And it's time to seek the Lord. Verse 12. That's another verse uh, you need to underline in your Bible and memorize. Uh, to you new believers and even to the old ones who have not yet memorized those verses, those are verses that you should have. Brethren, the follow ground here is referring to hard-baked soil. And with hard-baked soil, thorns and thistle and grass will grow, but you're not going to get food grow in fallow ground. And when he speaks here of fallow ground, it's talking about the heart. Hard hearts. Hearts that have become cold and indifferent. Hearts that lack interest in the things of God. Hardened hearts. What will it take to break up the fallow ground? The word of God. Speaking to your heart and you allow the word of God to speak to you. 
Pay attention to what God is saying. God wants to do a new thing in your heart and in your life. But, you need to break up the fallow ground. It's your responsibility, not God's responsibility, to break up your fallow ground. It says, sow to yourselves in righteousness. If you're going to break up your fallow ground, you have to sow in righteousness. You have to do what is right. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. It is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. You have a responsibility to move the rocks and the stones and the thorns out of your life. Anybody going into agriculture and a piece of land that was lying there for years and it's baked and hard before you could sow any seeds you have to clean the place. You have to remove the rocks. You have to remove the thorns. You get a plow your responsibility to get the plow to come in and you pay for it to break up the fallow ground and they come back after they plow it and they refine it and after they refine it they bank it and then you can think about planting that is exactly what has to be done in the heart you have to break up the fallow ground you have to do what it takes and what is needed Because it is time to seek the Lord. And the reason why many are not seeking the Lord is because their hearts and their lives have become fallow, hard, indifferent, hard attitude. No matter what you say, look at what is happening in the world. When we talk about Daniel here, and are we talking about the, uh, uh, the hardness? Of the people's heart and the blindness of their eyes, the wickedness of their hearts. But it talks about the brilliant times. Knowledge is going to increase, and knowledge has increased to an extent where man has become too smart for his own good, and we are destroying, not we, not me, they're destroying themselves. As I mentioned to you last Sunday. That I have no, nothing against science. And science is good. But man is abusing science. It is through science. Where man can come up with brain surgery and heart surgery and so forth. Those are good. But when man go overboard and try to create viruses... To experiment with things. That's when they go overboard. And Paul told Timothy to keep away from this thing really. Paul knew that the time will come when man will abuse science. God created science. And as I mentioned to you, science don't change. But when they try to change science and manipulate things, that's what caused the problem. God allowed man sometimes to destroy himself. And until proven, I still believe 
that this virus here was created in a lab by man. That's my belief. I don't have any written facts, and they have not proven it as yet, but I don't believe that this was natural and God brought this upon man. But I always held to the belief that God will deliver us from it. Amen? And God has delivered us from it, thank God, and we are here while some did not make it. Unfortunately. However, we have a responsibility to be aware and be in close communion with God and, and so that God can lead us through these difficult and troubled times. Times, as Daniel said, such as never, never. Look at verse 1 again. Turn back to Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1. And observe here. And there shall be a time of trouble. Such as never was seen there was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered. Amen. Amen. Everyone that shall be found written in the book of life. And so we are asking you. Very kindly, if you have never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord, you need to do it today because your name is not yet written in the book of life and Jesus Christ could come at any time now. I was expecting the Lord to come back last year. He did not. And I'm expecting him to come this year. I do not know if he will. He may or he may not. But the question is, if he comes this year, are you prepared? For God's sake, don't wait any longer. Look around you. Look at the times. It is time for you to seek the Lord and be ready. Now, some time ago in our Sunday school class, we mentioned about the first three and a half years and here in Daniel, uh, the, the first three and a half years, and the question was asked, how do we know that it is three and a half years and it's going to be seven years for the tribulation? Well, let me show you here. And um, uh, I thought that it was necessary for me to bring this to your attention. In verse 7, it said of Daniel, Daniel asked, how long this will be? He said, time, times and a half. Time, one year. Times two years, a half, six months. You say, how do you know that? When you look down to verse 11, I think it is, and um, verses 11 and 12, it talks about the first 1,290 days. How much is that? Hello, anybody? 1,290 days. Anybody? Three and a half years. And then he goes on and he says, notice down below. Blessed is he that waited and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. And so, really and truly, when you add three and a half years 
And three and a half years, how much you get? How many you get? Seven years. That's how we know that the tribulation is going to be seven years. But the first half is going to be difficult. The second half is going to be far worse. And if it is going to be far worse than what we are seeing right now, could you imagine how bad it's going to be? So, those who believe that we are in the tribulation already, I warn you, that is not so. But what we are seeing here, what Jesus Christ said in Luke, that it is the beginning of sorrows. And so that is why I admonish you this morning in Sunday school class, that we begin to prepare ourselves for difficult times. If Jesus does not come this year, times are going to get much more difficult than they have been in the last two years. And therefore, I invite you, as the pastor said, do not throw in your towel. Press on! Press on! Amen? What is the title of our message for today? Huh? It is time to press on! Press on! Get close to God. Put away your hardness of heart. And be obedient and whatever God says unto you, do it. Wise up yourself and get smart and look ahead. Begin to understand and see what the prophets were saying and what Jesus Christ was saying because many are going to lose their way simply because they did not prepare themselves for the challenges which are ahead, of, are ahead of us. As you have seen and you have heard, that everything in the store is getting more expensive. Gasoline is getting more expensive. And so we're going to have less and less money to work with. But don't you worry. He who has much will have no lack. And he who has little will have no lack. Some people are saving. And you wonder, what are they thinking? They have millions and they're still saving. And they cannot afford to use a dime out of it. But one of these days, it will be all gone. Whose will it be? How prepared are you if times were to get more difficult? We have seen people lost their livelihood and lost their jobs and some are beginning to get back their jobs. Some no doubt have given up on Jesus Christ. But we're asking you kindly that you need to press on and you need to get up and wake up. What time is it? It is time to seek the Lord. It is time to awake out of sleep. It is time to Break up the fallow ground. The Apostle Paul said, finally, it is time for you to understand what the will of God is for your life. How many of you today know exactly what the will of God is for your life? There isn't anything in this world like knowing the perfect will of God. Some people think that once you have money, you have it made not really. You have the will of God for your life, the perfect will of God, you have it made. 
God will provide for you. God will see you through. God will keep you when you cannot keep yourself. You want to look at it again. Ephesians 5 and verse 17. You want to turn back to it. It says here, I'm talking about seeing, see then that you walk circumspectly. Be careful. Not as fools, but walk wisely. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. You think they were evil then back in the days of the Apostle Paul? It's more so now. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of God is for your life. There is God perfect will for your life. And there is God permissive will for your life. In that God permits you to live a certain way because you went against his perfect will. And once you miss God's perfect will for your life, in certain cases, you may never see that perfect will again and you live the rest of your life in God's permissive will. In that, you miss out on God's number one for your life because you did not follow his word. You did not follow his guidance. And it is unfortunate that so many of God's people are living in God's permissive will because they did what they want and not what God wanted. Let me give you an example. Years ago, my non-biological brother were lost three days ago. He and I were about to join the police force. And for some strange reason, God did not allow me to. He joined. We were all, all almost like inseparable. And so we wanted to join together. I just decided against it. Just one week before he died, he and I spoke about it. And one of our younger cousins was there said, God led him to do that and God led you to do that because this is the better way. If I had joined the police force, I probably would have never become a Christian and a preacher. Now, I'm not saying it's not possible, but it could not turn out the way it has. God spoke to me somehow. I was in Sinkets already. And I said, you know what? I don't think this is what I want in my life. And I did not. And today, I thank God that I did not. I would have never been able to find the perfect will of God and the perfect will of God was for me to be a preacher. And I found that way. And brethren, you just have to follow the leading of the Lord. My question to you this morning, what is God saying to you? And you are rebelling against it and that's not what I want. But is it that what God wants for you? It is time for you to understand what the will of God is for your life. Some people, I couldn't care less what God is saying. This is me and I'm going to do what I want. Please don't. Yield to God's tender embrace. And find out what 
he has for you. God gave me the wonderful privilege. Well, my brother gave me the wonderful privilege. Called me over to St. Kitts and asked me to come and visit him. I usually go and visit him, but he said, listen, I call you over because I want you to give me a good send-off. God gave me the privilege to talk to him about his soul salvation. I understood what he meant when he said, give me a good send-off. He said, I'm satisfied with my life and I'm ready to go. Exactly seven days later, he died. The very day, seven days to the day. I wanted to go over to see him, but I said, he's breathing his last breath. I said, Could I, should I come now? He said, don't even bother come because if you... I said, I can't come right now because I'm taking care of my wife. But I could come by midday. Say by midday he's not going to be alive. It don't even make sense for you to come. But I just wanted to be there. To hold his hand. He said give me a good send off. But I did. And I'm thankful. And I'm just so thankful. That I followed. The direction and the will of God. You ask. How do I know what the will of God is? Listen. Just pray. Pray and pray. God. I have this decision to make. What is it that you want me to do? Especially those of you who are young. Please. Get close to God. And you cannot and will not find the will of God through these difficult times if you are not in tune with God and if you are not close to God. Listen. You have to spend time. Quality time in prayer. As a young person. I was young then. When I met with my disappointments. What do you think I did? I went down by my bedside. I lived alone. And I prayed. Oh God. What is it that you want me to? Make a way for me. God led me through the maze. The Spirit of God spoke to me and said, Come on! This is what I want you to do. I did not hesitate. He didn't want me to join the police force. I listened to his voice. It was a struggle. Well, that's what I wanted. But that's not what he wanted. You got to get close to God, young people. And get what? Memorize important verses in the Bible. In the book of Psalms, Proverbs, throughout the book of Romans. Get to memorize Romans 8 and Romans 12. I almost memorized the entire chapter of Romans 8. It's a long chapter. Romans 12. Knowing what the will of God is for you. Turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And we will close. I beg you, young people, this is no time to be playing around and playing games and following the trends of the day. Get to know what the perfect will of God is for your life. I don't want to sound like I'm boasting, but I think and I just feel 
I have, I know the perfect will of God for my life, what it was. Well, I'm kind of through to the end right now. But I could look back, saw how God led me through. Right now, you might be wondering. And it's not always easy. It gets bumpy. It gets rough. But if you seek the will of God, you will find it. Maybe you have made some mistakes, but it still can be corrected. But you've got to commit yourself to God and say, God, here I am. Use me as you see fit. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy! Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove and know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you do not follow closely to God and you have an attitude in life, you don't want God in your life and you don't want God to run your life. You're going to choose what you want. You're not going to find the perfect will of God. You may live your entire life with the permissive will of God. The permissive will of God is for rebellious believers. Yes, of rebellious believers. You rebel against what God telling you to do. God gave you the opportunity to reach out somebody with your life, your steps, and not necessarily your words, as we did in our Sunday school class this morning. Brother Barrett mentioned. You could lead a person to Christ by your walk. Uh, Brother Barrett, could you give us that quote again? Um, I don't remember the quote, but I, I don't know if you'll be able to remember it. A sermon in shoes is more important than a sermon in words. I don't believe my bio non-biological brother heard many sermons from me. But he know my life. When he asked me to come over and when I got there he said, I call you over because I want you to give me a good send off. I'm ready to go home. He know my life. And he knew, he and I, up like this. Brethren, there is no greater joy for me that he told me. He chose me to come over to give him a good send-off. And when I asked him to pray the sinner's prayer, he was willing to do that. Now, I don't believe in this deathbed conviction. I don't rely upon it. Because if all of us have deathbed repentance, who is going to do the work of God? So you don't wait until you're ready to die to ask for somebody to take your cross. Somebody has to do the work of God. God wants to use you young people. God is still calling young people into his work. Amen? Would you willing to yield yourself to him? Would you willing to humble yourself and say, God, here is my life. Use me. Use me as you see fit. It is time for you to know what time is it? It is time for you to know the perfect will of God. This is no time to be playing around. These are difficult times. These are serious times and I'm asking you.
to take your Christianity seriously. How many of you could look around and say, I had a part in leading this person to Christ? If each one win one, if each one bring one, Shiloh will be doubled every year. If each believer win one, 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 one solitary person in 12 months, in 12 months, Shiloh will be doubled. It is possible. There are unsaved people. Are we trying to reach them? With every head bow and every head close, I ask you, what time is it?